All right, what's up, everyone? Uh, this is the European Highlander podcast. Uh, this will be our first episode, so uh, beg pardon if there will be any mistakes or name butchering of some sort. Um, so this will be a regular podcast around German Highlander news and everything regarding Highlander, basically. So uh, to kick things off, who are we? So My name is Yuso, aka Crispy Rice. Um, I'm a avid combo player. Most like, uh, most often I play Storm, but if it's a combo deck, I have most likely played it in the past. So that's basically me. And I also own a blog called Combo Gabals, uh, mainly focused around Storm and combo decks. What a surprise! <laughs> so that's. Um, basically what you need to know about me, I'll be your main host here. Uh, alongside me, I have Thomas, my co-host. So Thomas, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Thomas Stier. I'm a council member in the Highlander format. I'm from Germany, from the town of Mannheim. And also like you, I, I really like to play uh, combo decks and, um, And I will be uh, casting alongside you this podcast, and I hope it will be very good. Yeah, that sounds great. And I obviously forgot to say that uh, I'm from Finland, Helsinki area. So I will be representing the Finnish Highlander community as far as this podcast goes. So um, also we have our lovely editor and scriptwriter Stephanie alongside us. Uh, she won't be talking in these podcasts, at least not yet. But um, so she does all the editing and scriptwriting. Uh, she is also a member of the council, Highlander Council, and moderates our Highlander Facebook groups. So. Um, next up, now that you know a bit more about what we're gonna do, we're gonna talk about the tournament scene. So, um, Thomas, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, we had the Grow Cube in, uh, I believe, Slovakia Nationals, around 50 players. Uh, we won't be going through the deck lists that um, specifically, but we will take a look at the top eight and if anything uh, stands out specifically. So the Slovakia Nationals was won by Five Color Reanimator and rest of the top eight was uh, Burn, White Winnie, another Burn, Five Color Academy, uh, Four Color Reanimator, uh, it had no red, I believe. Then there was Abzan Ramp, and four color blood. Uh, what I want to mention about the Abzan ramp though is that it's basically green white. I checked the deck list and it's splashed black only for demonic tutor. So it's basically a green white ramp deck with a tiny splash of black. So Thomas, what do you think about the top eight of the Grow Cube? Well, um, first of all, I think Dalibor won the tournament, not Five Color Reanimator. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, okay, this is like um, basically the same thing, you know? Dalibor and Five Color Reanimator is like one entity, I think. Um, he is just a master of this archetype, and he manages to pull from 
situations uh, to pull ahead from situations uh, where you would think there's uh, this game would have basically been lost for any other player so he's just very 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 good with this deck and uh, doesn't come as a surprise to me that he won the tournament um that is not to say reanimator is not a not a good deck it's a very good deck and you can also see that there's another reanimator in this uh, top 8 uh, overall i think the top 8 is like uh, very diverse um really shows that you can uh, you can pilot almost any deck archetype at the moment and be successful yeah i i really agree with that a lot uh, i think it's a really really diverse top 8 like we have some combo we have some aggro i mean there there's like i i feel there's always going to be burn in the top eight because right. it's just such a popular deck but we had some mid-range we had some ramp like all sorts of different decks uh present and i agree that reanimator is a really good deck and i believe part of it has to do with because in highlander we don't have sideboards so you don't have to worry about like people boarding in graveyard hate so Right, right. That's a big part. But, I mean, people are main decking tempo counters, like a lot of tempo counters. They have Deathrite Shamans and Scavenging Oozes in their main board, if you so uh, if you so will. And um, it's not always that you don't have to face hate. You, you have to face some hate, but not in the, like, uh, the sheer mass of the hate, which would be enabled by sideboards. Yeah, uh, I do agree. Especially, yeah, like Deathrite and Scavenging Ooze are, I think, the most relevant, like, Graveyard Hate cards that show up. Uh, I can't think of any other, like, at the top of my head, but, yeah. Um, and do you have anything else to say about this one? I mean, it's uh, one of the um, more recent top eight lists where we have an, uh, an artifact deck again in the top eight, and I think... Specifically, this archetype has got many new sweet tools to work with, and I uh, think we are going to see some more of this archetype coming forward. Yeah, I I do also agree on that. Uh, the five color academy decks. Uh, we have a couple of academy players in the Helsinki area who play like our weekly Highlanders pretty consistently, and they've been doing pretty well with the deck. So i i think it's i think it's a real deal and um i i haven't had the pleasure of playing with the deck yet but i think i need to try it out and see for myself yeah also what is interesting about the archetype i think is there's basically very very many different ways to build it you can build a planeswalker version a version that is very low on planeswalkers and play the immortal sun as a hate card against planeswalkers you could use oath of druids you could not do it um you could go full draw seven mode you could go like a reanimate uh, goblin welder uh, type deck there's so many uh, many possibilities to to scout the deck in your in in what you want with the deck um that's i think it's very interesting too yeah, I think we're we're gonna see a lot more from that deck, and like you said, like you can go so many different uh, ways that I don't think the best build has hasn't been even found yet. So it's it's still under construction. Right. All right. Um, next up, uh, we have the we had the Finnish national champs, around sixty-two players, and uh, the top eight was 
Well, I kind of expected uh, to see a lot of these decks in the top eight uh, because a lot of these are my close friends. So we had uh, two copies of Cheskai Control. Uh, we had Bug Reanimator. Uh, then we had one Storm, one Burn, one Red White Aggro, one Green Ramp. It's essentially mono green. It plays some red and white cards, but essentially mono green. And then the real meat of the matter is uh, five color good stuff. Sounds nice. Five color good stuff. Haven't seen this in a long time, I think. Yeah, it's um, one of my, well, yeah, friend uh, Sakari played it. I I haven't actually looked it at his list, but I think, yeah, if he played like five colors, good creatures, that, that sort of stuff. I believe he played um, the new, the what's the, the five color Niv Mizet or what, what the ah, dragon is. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, that sort of stuff. And uh, then Cheskai Control won the whole thing in the end. So sad that Storm didn't win, but. <laughs> <laughs> Storm is a sweet deck. Uh, we see it too little, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, and also, we had one of our, like, <laughs> Real contenders with the bug reanimator that was piloted by Mika Niemi. He has an absolutely beautiful foiled out deck and he has won this event in the past. So it was no surprise to see him in the in the finals. But he met his match in the in the finals, unfortunately. So um, do you have any any specific pickouts from this top eight? Anything really standing out or? I think we can we can see a little bit of a regional difference in two control decks in this top eight and in the Slovakian top eight we have no true control decks. So yeah. Finland for me always was uh, a little bit more on the control side of things. And um, I remember this this time when everybody uh, was like running terminus uh, blue white control lists with mystical tutor and. Um, predicts to like counter the opposing uh, mystical tutor for <laughs> entreat the angels or something like that like a super inbred meta game that was a special thing i remember from finland a while ago and i think we can see it like uh, the control archetype is is still uh, running hot there yeah it, i think i I totally agree on that. Uh, it's like people like to play control here. I I was really surprised that only one burn deck was in the top eight because at least as far as I know and what I've been following the Highlander scene, uh, I we've been seeing lots of burn. Like it, it shows everywhere. So I was I was a bit surprised that only one made it into the top eight. But yeah, it's it's uh, been pretty. Like Controllist, then Burn, and like people like their, you know, four color blood, those like consistent mid range decks, right. those are pretty, pretty common here. But overall, I think just pretty, um, pretty wide meta again, just shows the beauty of Highlander, I think. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so next up is uh, your territory, which is the Continental Cup. I believe you played in that event. I did. Um... Well, not as good as I wished, but <laughs> <laughs> I tried my best. Yeah, so uh, uh, there the top eight was blue-white control, uh, teamer mid-range, so rug, uh, then five-color academy, uh, green-white-blue aggro, uh, burn, 
Grixis Temple, uh, Green White, or uh, well, Abzan Ramp, and again, the black was only for Demonic Tutor, and then Esper Control. So, what do you think about this one? Also, very diverse top eight. Um, I think we can uh, we, we have a nice uh, a little showing again from a green white ramp deck. Uh, I think this is an archetype that is uh, not explored to the fullest. There are some some very very powerful um, cards and interactions there. Um, we saw the the Highlander legend Patrick Richter uh, again uh, in a top eight with um, the academy deck, and he, uh, I saw him play it and he piloted it uh, on point. Really, really tight play. Um, I don't know. We have the the blue white winning list is also a control deck again, and it's uh, I think built in a way which not many people would have expected a blue white control deck to look like. I mean, there's some unusual card choices. Um, shows that I don't know. Um, there's still so much more to explore and to develop um, against conventional wisdom of deck building. Um, I don't know. The format is just more open than ever, I think. I just don't know where to look. Um, there were times in the past where I thought, like, okay, the matter is kind of solved. Everything's, uh, like, everything, every uh, contender is in their corner. Like, four color blood is here, red is there. There are the control decks. But uh, right now, I think everything is possible. Yeah, it's it's more open than ever before. And I think it's been... Also due to the fact that a lot of really good cards have been printed, like in the last year or so, which have also like opened up a lot of new possibilities, which is always great uh, mm. in Highlander. So, um, and we will go over the new cards pretty soon. But uh, what did you play in the Continental Cup? Uh, I did play Five Color Academy by myself. Oh, you you chose to be the evil man. I chose <laughs> to be right. <laughs> so, would you change anything from your deck? Were you happy with your choice? Uh, I would have, in in hindsight, I would have added uh, the Tabernacle at the Pendrel Vale and Oath of Druids. Um, I lost some, I think, uh, avoidable. As a, so the the losses were avoidable against a very aggro-y starts from my opponents. White Weenie, Gruel which I think normally is a good matchup for the Academy deck, but I came a little underprepared. Uh, this is what I would have changed. I would have played a more right, Oath of Druids version with more Planeswalkers. Okay, so minor tweaks here and there, but right. overall, overall you were happy. Yes. All right, uh, sounds great. So that does it for the tournament scene part. Uh, next up, we're going to look at some of the new powerful cards that I believe have made a change in um, in uh, Highlander. And obviously, if, if you, Thomas, feel that I have missed anything, just point it out. I think we have plenty of time to talk about. So Sure. So uh, first card that I wanted to point out, actually, that because I should play this in Storm, and I currently don't, is uh, Wishclaw Talisman. So... Yeah, that is a big one, I think. Uh, I, I wanted to, t uh, to talk about this card by myself, too, um, especially in the context of the Academy deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously very great. It's a two-mana artifact, Demonic Tutor, reusable. Um, you have so many synergies. You can like voltaic key it. You can rings of bright hearth it. It just sits around and adds to your academy count. And very importantly, 
it fills a role in a tutor chain which you uh, to this point uh, could not fill. Like um, it's often, it's it's the, um, it's the case you have a crucible of worlds, and uh, you're tutoring um, your uh, inventor sphere, and the inventor sphere can find uh, Suranorb, but you cannot find your fast bond for this uh, triple combo of crucible Suranorb fast bond. Yeah. But now you can go. Uh, rebuy your inventor sphere with crucible, uh, crack the inventor sphere, find wishclaw talisman, and this one, as an artifact, can find a non-artifact card. And this is a very important missing link, which is now there, and this really helps the deck along. Also, there are decks like I don't know, you're paired against Esper, or you're paired against like Bond or some other fair deck. I would say. You can just use it, like because they can demonic tutor maybe for a wasteland if you tutor for academy, but they cannot find the one card that crushes you, and so they will more or less likely just don't use it at all because they do not want to give you a second tutoring ability. So that's a very, very tricky, very uh, versatile card for the deck, and it's very powerful. Yeah, I actually, I've seen it from the Academy a couple of times, and especially like untapping it again with Voltaiki is just, it, it feels so unfair. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, it, it really doesn't have a drawback, like, you know, oh, I'm going to give this to you. Well, does it really matter? Because if I'm just going to win the turn, I tutor with it. So right. I, I think you it's... You have to be somewhat careful. You cannot just against any deck, crack it early in a turn when you're not winning. You can do this against some decks, as I said, but you cannot do this uh, um, against something like Mono Red, or is it maybe they just tutor Blood Moon and kick you out of the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have to be careful there. Yeah, by all means, yeah. Like, you can't go with it blindly, but yeah, it, it feels like a very powerful card. I'm not sure if it will fit in Storm, because I don't, I can't, like, abuse it with Voltaic Keys and stuff, because I don't play those, but, I mean, it is another tutor effect and that's really what you know combo decks like i i've been thinking that maybe it's finally time to get rid of that god awful grim tutor because the card is just mm. card is just so bad <laughs> so <laughs> i would like to get rid of that eventually but i'll i'll have to test um i'm not sure yet but i think i it it definitely at least deserves as uh, like a try i think so i think you should try it i mean you you certainly have something like um, like some bounce or maybe so chain of vapor or some stuff like that. So there might be some slight uh, some 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 nice little synergies there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one. Well, okay. Now we're gonna go to the the heavy hitter. Uh, so Oko, Thief of Crowns. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter for sure. Yeah, I mean, it already got banned from Brawl and Standard, which I think was a great choice. Uh, it was not a healthy format for those who watched Standard, so yeah, it was pretty pretty greenish, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oko is... I kind of underestimated the Planesbroker at first. I think many people did so, um, because every ability on its own just reads kind of... I don't know, fair. Yeah. Uh, when you see it in action, like always ticking up, ticking up, ticking up, thre threatening this this ultimate, it's just so so much um, diverse stuff you can do with Oko. Um, just takes over the game completely, and this for only three mana is just very very strong. 
Yeah, I think especially the fact that he's only only three mana and all of his abilities are sick. Like he gives you tons of value. He sort of protects himself by, you know, turning those bigger creatures into smaller ones. And then the ultimate is a real thing too. So um yeah, I mean whenever there is a planeswalker that can protect him or herself, that's it's always been pretty good, I think. Right. And I think um the the angle to attack Oko is just not clear. Like there some planeswalkers, you know, um they are just there's one angle, you can attack this planeswalker best at this angle and that's it. So an Oko has so many um different ways to use him him um like the opponent might think okay i have to go wide like with many creatures then you just say okay then oko turns this into a creature um this artifact this food i made turns into a creature then you put another creature beside him and suddenly this go wide plan doesn't work anymore and you can just react so flexibly that's that's one of his main strengths i think Yeah, and I think that he will be a serious contender in Highlander. I don't think by any means it's ban-worthy or anything like that, because it's only a, only a one-off, and I don't see it like that broken. But um, definitely, like if you're in the colors to play him, I think you should. All right, for sure. Yeah, uh, next up, well, <laughs> more standard bans, so Field <laughs> of the Dead. Yeah, Field of the Dead is nice. Uh, a friend of mine has basically reworked his Scapeshift deck. He just cut the red, the color red completely. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yes, he rebuilt it more as a bug good stuff deck, but still runs Scapeshift um, and some land tutoring package for Dark Depths combo and for Field of the Dead. And I have to say, Uh, I'm, I was very impressed by the deck because um, the mana base is so much more stable than the, the four-color red mana base of a traditional Scapeshift was. And um, Field of the Dead just wins the game much like Valakut did. I mean, it, it's like very slow, and but it's so steady and stable. And um, I was really impressed. And I think we will see more of this card in the future. Yeah, I think uh, it will be like an auto-include in like the lands style deck, so scapeshift and that sort of that sort of sort of strategies. Like, if you're playing a fair deck, what is your plan against an active field of the dead? Like, play supreme verdict? Okay, <laughs> just ignore <laughs> and, that. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll just like the the zombies just keep on coming. Like, there is there is no stopping them really. Like, you need a blood moon or a wasteland type of thing to like to stop Field of the Dead, at least at least partially, or like gain some time against it. Right, and I think the inclusion of Field of the Dead in in, in these kind of decks is just so free. Like, uh, as I said, um, this this kind of reworked Scapeshift deck is more or less like a bug control deck. It just plays a long game with just very good cards, very good individual cards in those three colors, and has a little land package here and there, but it's nothing too major. And... Um, then it just happens that a field drops and it just does its thing and just wins, like, crucially slow, but it wins. And that is just very strong. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, it's not a huge opportunity cost to put it in your deck. Like Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, I promise the, the next card is going to be the last banned card, so then, then we'll get to the non-banned stuff. But uh, So Ren and Six, the powerful two-mana Planeswalker... Yeah, that one is, of course, 
I mean, also very, very strong in Highlander. We have fetch lands, we have wasteland. Um, I even play it in Academy now because it just rebuys Academy, uh, combos with Entomb in that sense. We have very many um, one toughness creatures in the format, so I mean, what's not to like? If you're in this in this colors in red and green, you have red and six on board. I think it's an it's an auto include. Yeah, it would feel pretty dumb to not play it if you're not in not in the colors or like. Well, I guess you're not gonna play it in Storm, but <laughs> like <Okay. laughs> for the most part, yes. And I mean, I think especially like re recurring wasteland is just so disgusting, honestly. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and yeah, like shoots any one toughness creatures, and uh, then I mean, also the ultimate, like all of your instants and sorceries gain retrace. Like that's gonna be a lot of value, lot like really quickly. No, that's 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 pretty strong, and, and I think in in uh, when it's not the most extreme case, like like with storm, you just play it, and I think there's some kind of a of a danger we have in the eternal format, which is Highlander. There are some cards that are just so powerful, um, you have to have a very very good reason to not include them, and um, red and six is one of those. So if you are red and green, you have this you have this boy um, in your deck, and then if you're red, green, and blue, you also have to have Oko, I think. You have to uh, have a really good excuse not to. And so um, there's some danger in this. Uh, that's just what I wanted to say. Um, too many auto-includes lead to too many very similar decks. So that's something we have to watch out for. Yeah, it doesn't become like every deck is the same in that sort of sense. That like, well, you have to play this card because it's just so good. Yeah. So. All right. Um, next up, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this one to you because I actually didn't even know that this card existed, and I'm not really sure where this actually shines. But uh, Sevinness Reclamation. Okay, this is a major role player again in the Academy deck um, because you can build disgusting intuition piles with it. Um, you can go like intuition for Crucible of Worlds, Seven's Reclamation, and Tolarian Academy, and your opponent basically has to choose between a rock and a hard place, I think, is, as they say. Um, this is also good in just a normal deck, I think, like a normal deck which plays white. You can rebuy any uh, three or less drop from your graveyard, and then it sits in your graveyard and it's ready to be flashbacked for five. And the cool thing about flashback, which I didn't realize at first, is um, when you flashback the reclamation, you put two copies um, of the spell on the stack so your opponent has to counter twice um, if he wants to like uh, yeah get rid of both uh, copies of the spell so that is very tricky and can help uh, when when um, playing against control overall a, a very very good card for I don't know basically any archetype that's not pure aggro I think yeah uh, that, that sounds very reasonable yeah I'm I checked the card like a couple of days ago and then I was like, yeah, maybe. But now that you've told me about it, like what you can do with intuition and stuff, it it seems pretty viable. Yeah. yeah. Like any sort of academy or X style decks. Also yeah. in like Oath Control, you can put an Oath in there. Oath of Druids, Seven's Reclamation and uh, I don't know, some Yorgmos Will, something like that. Uh, Noxious Revival. So you, you can have, you have some very, very good and flexible ways to build intuition pools with this card. 
Yeah, that that kind of sounds like <laughs> pick your poison. Right. All right. Um, well, next one. This is kind of related to Oko, but uh, Gilded Goose. So um, about Gilded Goose, I can start this one off. Uh, I think it's a really, really good one drop, like um, a mana dork. Is uh, Gilded Goose is an O2, right? Right. Yeah. So it can also like do some some sort of blocking. It uh, gets you food tokens against aggro, which I think is is pretty good. Also, it's a mana mana accelerator. So I I like the card. I I would dare to say that like green decks should or can play it. I think every green deck that likes to have mana elves, like Birds of Paradise style type cards, um, that has three or more colors should possibly play the goose i think it's very good it's a very very strong card i think in the four or five color decks and there's also some artifact synergy like together with oko and maybe urza even so i think there might be not a full full-blown academy style artifact deck but more like um more like an um, artifact centric creature mid-range deck which um, is yet to be explored, but I think Gilded Goose will play a role in this. Yeah, uh, I like it a lot, and also because you can just keep making more food tokens, so even if the like the game goes super long, you can still get some value out of out of this bad boy. Right, and I think it also flies, so I mean, flying is also a nice defensive ability to protect the Planeswalker in a crucial turn against... Uh, an opposing flyer or something. So there's many little things going for the Goose, and I think we will see this card be played a lot. Yeah, uh, I highly agree. So we have only a couple of more cards to go. Uh, so once upon a time, so this was also also got the axe in standard. I mean, it's obviously it's it's a really really powerful effect. Like you know, in even like in modern, it's it's really good. But um, in Highlander, I'm not so sure about Once Upon a Time. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think in Highlander we have many um, um, comparable effects like Brainstorm, Ponder, Priyaday, and all of these cards are banned in modern. Um, and uh, Once Upon a Time just is another one of these. Like, like it's, it's just um, a little bit similar. And uh, we have other cards that do this better. But in the right deck, I think it's also also a must-play. Like, if you're a Gruul Agro or something like that, you will play once upon a time. Yeah, and I mean, I especially... So. Yeah, uh, and especially, like, if it's in your open, opening hand, it's insane. Right. Like, because then you just get to play this zero mana instant stirrings, which is pretty pretty insane. But even when you, like, do the fail case and hard cast it for two mana, I think it's it's still fine there. It's fine there, right. Yeah. Um, next one is uh, Questing Beast, so the, the four drop. Well, at first I thought, okay, Questing Beast is just another green four drop that is like strong, like uh, Surak or something, Wenchwine. Um, I think it's at the top of the crop because the abilities it has are pretty relevant in our format. Like, um, being able to attack planeswalkers um, and the player at the same time, being a being able to just run through jump blockers, all of these abilities are very much 
needed in our format or a very um um i don't know a very good abilities to have and i think it's one of the better four drops because of that like in in cool agro you will certainly play this and um in other mid-range decks too yeah uh i like the card a lot even though i don't i don't really cast creatures but um mm. uh it's like it's it's pretty hard to block like uh small creatures just can't get in the way uh vigilance is vigilance death touch haste is nice and yeah like you said especially the fact that uh it can deal with planeswalkers also especially now that they've been printing like new and new powerful planeswalkers i think it's even more relevant now that's a good point right yeah um well speaking of planeswalkers there was one other card i picked up uh which i think we should cover briefly and that's the the new the fairy the three mana the fairy mm. so i i i hate playing against that card <laughs> why is that um <laughs> uh, i mean it's just um it makes a lot like it forces you to play uh, basically at sorcery speed at all the times, and mm. especially in like a control mirror. If you have the Teferi out and your opponent doesn't, you are just like you are so far ahead if you have the Teferi because like you can you can still counter their stuff, but they can't really fight back and they have to do all their things on their turn. I think. The, like the new Teferi is a really really strong card like overall I think so too I think um, the fact that Teferi is a 3 mana walker we have Renan 6 we have Oko at 3 will force players to to care more about the board I mean Highlander always was at least the last years uh, some kind of board centric but this will this will be even more so the case now I think you cannot be uh, you cannot let yourself to be in the position of um, just folding to a three-mana walker. You have to uh, have some pressure against them. And uh, Teferi, uh, you you have to create states of the board where the Teferi player cannot just minus three, bounce your one threat, and um, then the Teferi sticks. Uh, it has to. Be, it will be very, very important to to not let these kind of scenarios happen in the future. I think. Yeah, like also the fact, like with with Oko too, like he's a planeswalker that protects himself, and and that's that has always been powerful, mm. and also draws cards. So who wouldn't like that? Yeah. All right. Uh, last up on the list, we have a land. So prismatic vista. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty cool addition, I think, um, because it it's at best I think in in two color three color decks maybe, but at best maybe in, in the two color decks, and those could need some some more love I think from Wizards of the Coast for our format because often you have some incentives to go one color uh, like um, very specific mana costs like triple black or triple blue or something like that. Um, then there are the color hoser cards like Back to Basics and Blood Moon, which um, like make you benefit from being one color. But being two color kind of doesn't have a benefit. But Prismatic Vista shines at best, I think, in two color decks. So that's a nice thing. Yeah, like and even let's say you're 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 like playing, you know, uh, Back to Basics and stuff yourself. Then you know you can get your basics out more easy with this one also. Yep. 
And yeah, also it of course gives you another shuffle and shuffle effect, deck thinning aspect, which I mean, well, it's not that relevant, but it, it still counts. And yeah, like you said, can be played in multicolor decks too, like two or three color decks. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I think we'll do it. A friend of mine is piloting um, Demir Control deck, and he has Ash Barons and Prismatic Vista now in the mix, and his mana is pretty good now um, without having to have too many non-basic lands. So his Demonic Tutor into Back to Basic uh, is a very potent and a very stable winning line for him. So these decks profit a lot from these pseudo-fetch lands. Yeah, uh, I highly agree on that. All right, uh, that does it for the new cards. Uh, do you have any other cards in your mind that you would still like to talk about? No, I think we covered the most important ones. All right, great. So uh, next up we have the Council News. So Thomas, this is our, your territory, so I'll let you take it from here. Okay. So yeah, there's some news from the Council side. Um, we added, we recently added a new Council member. Matthias, also known as Trias uh, in the inner webs uh, from Vienna. Uh, he's a store owner there and he's um, very committed to our format. And uh, yeah, he's a very, very good uh, proponent of the Highlander format in, in Austria. And uh, he's, gonna, he's going to, to work with us from here on now. And um, we are very uh, glad that we could add uh, a member like him. Sounds good. Yeah, so uh, that's that. Then um, recently we had some bands, uh, namely uh, the band of True Name Nemesis. Um, I think this is a, a controversial topic. Um, what do you think about this this band of True Name Nemesis, Yuzo? Uh, I like well, well. My opinion is a bit uh, like biased because um, well, I I play decks that don't really care about True Name Nemesis. So I didn't really have that that like miserable experience with the card, and I think like when I talked about this with like our Finnish players, I think more players overall would have uh, been fine with uh, True Name Nemesis being legal. But it's like like you said, it's a very like hard topic because some people are really happy that it's gone, and some people are like, eh, let it be. Mm. But I I think like. We can all agree on the fact that uh, it's it's a stupidly designed card. Like three mana progenitus is something that should not exist. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, the design of the card was a mistake, surely. Um, we we always have the problem in Highlander. We have so many very broken cards, you could say, like uh, Oath of Druids or Tolarian Academy. Yeah. That uh, True Nemesis kind of gets outshone by these cards and. Um, there you could make the argument, so why don't you ban these cards already, and why, why would you have to ask the Tuna Nemesis? But I think um, we have to walk a fine line between um, having the brokenness in the format, because it's kind of something that Highlander always had, and also managing the, the mid-range archetypes. And the mid-range mirrors, especially the blue ones, were like... True Name Nemesis uh, always was the one card uh, that mattered the most, and it was kind of random. So you got your True Name Nemesis first, you you won the game, basically. That was a big factor um, in banning the card. And the gameplay with the card itself just felt a little dumb most of the time. 
So overall, we thought um, we might show some matchups in in a way that they are much much more fun than before, and would otherwise um, we would produce no loss for the format by banning True Name Nemesis. So that was kind of the reasoning. Yeah, I. I agree with that like 100% and also like one of the, the dumb things with the card that because it's a blue card so it goes into a deck that can play a lot of permission spells you know force of will and days and all these friends so sometimes even if you've like had the answer you know let's say you had toxic deluge or something to get rid of it then they're like nah doesn't happen right Right, that's true. Yeah. And also, like, blue should not have the most resilient and best creature on the board. That is just, from a deck-building perspective, you now kind of have to decide. So I'm playing blue, okay, maybe I just do not have the beefiest creature all, also at the ready. I have to go for, like, maybe uh, splash a little green so I have more um, more resilience to the battlefield. So True Name Nemesis just circumvented this kind of choices which made yeah. it kind of dumb or boring, you could say. Yeah, and like you said, it, it doesn't really... I don't think, like, nothing was really lost, you know. I think we just... It makes the format better overall, and nothing was really lost or hurt. So I think it's... it. I think it's for the better, and no harm was done. I think so, too. I think so. All right. Yes, well, then... Um, we um, chose to add um, the the profiles of the council members to magicplayer.org. You can find us there with a little, I don't know, um, a little short bio, um, uh, the picture of us. So um, this was done mainly because um, several people voiced their opinion that they uh, would not know who is the council. And um, that is mainly because I think... Highlander has shifted in, in, in areas of activity and has grown here and dwindled there. So many new players are now there that don't know some people. And uh, we have uh, communities in Finland and Slovakia. So obviously they don't know the German ones. And we just wanted to be a little bit more public about ourselves and uh, have added those, uh, those profiles there. You can go look it up. And... Um, in the same vein, I think we also we also chose to create a new Facebook group. Um, the group is called European Highlander Group. So if you are not a member of this group, please check it out. Um, in this group, we as a council will eng engage actively with the community. Um, there's also an official council account now on Facebook where we will make our official statements but also in this group um, the council members will on a personal level um, get in contact with the community um, this was done um, yeah I think mainly as a as a, um, as a consequent result of um, what was public opinion so we should more interact with the community and this is one tool of us uh, we have at our disposal to do this Sounds great. Yeah, also um, in this uh, Facebook group, you can find in a, in a locked main post um, several links to blogs, um, several dates of tournaments to come or tournaments that have just uh, 
took place. You can find uh, YouTube channels. You can find, I don't know, anything related to Highlander. At least that's our goal to like create um, a one hub where everything is accessible. Everything is linked. So you can keep in touch with what's happening. And uh, yeah, I hope this, this group will grow and that uh, this can support the growth of the Highlander format. Yeah, uh, I've been trying to invite like our local Finnish players to the group so that it would it would grow more in the future and hopefully will. Uh, and one thing I wanted to point out that if you have any sort of content like blogs or channels or whatever, and if it's not in the locked main post, uh, just contact Stephanie and she will put them out there for you like she did with my blog, for example. Right. Uh, please do that because um, we want to know what you have, uh, you what you are brewing for the Highlander format. Uh, one more thing uh, I wanted to tell, uh, to talk about is um, after the tournament in Halle recently, we just gathered uh, some people that are um, that wanted to be like um, active for the Highlander format, and we. We had a big meeting um, the next day, and we talked some some more general things about the Highlander format, um, where the format should go, and uh, what's the philosophy of the format, how can the council be more in touch with the community, um, how can the community uh, influence on the decisions of the council, and some very interesting topics. And I think we had a very good uh, conversation, a very good atmosphere, very positive. There were some good proposals made. And I think um, we can make this maybe maybe um, next time in an, in an own podcast or something like that, because uh, the topics discussed there were very broad and also very uh, important. So I can only, um, I cannot uh, touch them in, in the fullest here. Uh, we have made uh, a statement about this conference uh, in the European Highlander Group, so you may want to check it out there. Um, and you will certainly be hearing from this in the near future. Yeah, I think we can cover those things in like the next our, uh, next podcast or something in the near future, so we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. All right, I think that is it um, from my side, from the council uh, side, at least for yeah, now. That was from the council side. Uh, if you could uh, do the, the upcoming events still, that would be great. There are a few of those. Right, uh, we have on the 14th of December in uh, Ascheberg, Germany, in Westfalen, we have the Highlander Masters 12 now. Um, it's very nice to see that the Nordrhein-Westfalen community is back and alive. Uh, there was a little hiatus from for some years, but now they are very much very active again. Uh, we will have also the Mind Game Mages tournament in der andere Spieleladen in Berlin, in Germany. This will take place on the 11th of January in 2020, so it's uh, the beginning of the next year. And also at the beginning of the next year, on January 1st, we will have our watch list updates from the council. So you will be informed on 
yeah, what's going on in our mind, what uh, we think, what the Highlander format maybe will need some changes or maybe even uh, some, yeah, some some new spicy cards maybe unbanned, and uh, we will let you know. All right, sounds great. So uh, I think this does it for our first episode, unless you, Thomas, have something else you would like to say. No, not right now. Yeah, uh, I think uh, this went really well. I I had a blast. I hope you did as well. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, um, you maybe um, noticed, but my English kind of could be a little bit better. Maybe next time. Nah, I, I made complete sense out of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, next up, uh, I'm not sure exactly what we will talk about next time, but we will try to at least talk about the new cards new interesting cards and what's happening in the Highlander community, if we have any sort of bans or unbans, and well, we'll figure it out and we'll talk about, well, basically anything regarding Highlander, really. Right, and if you have feedback, if you have topics uh, we should talk about, then let us know. Yeah, absolutely, we could, we could use some ideas, so definitely fire them off in the in the our Highlander groups, uh, so we will definitely listen to those ones. And yeah, that's I think all we have for for this time. So thank you everyone uh, from behalf of me and Thomas. Obviously, thank you for joining me. Thank you for inviting. Yeah, and join us for next time in the somewhere near future when we will talk about Highlander again and really just have fun, play magic and Highlander.